today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's the Mayor's Town Hall. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger joins us uh, for his monthly town hall meeting. And uh, it's going to be the full ride today, a full one hour, because uh, there's a lot to talk about with the mayor. And uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to weigh in with your questions and uh, your comments for Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger uh, on an array of issues over the last little while. The numbers to call to get a hold of us, 905-645-3221, 905-645-3221. If you're on a cell phone, it's toll-free, star 9900. And uh, the toll-free number is 1-800-263-2428. That's 1-800-263-2428. Uh, to reach us in the, our Mayor's Town Hall with Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. By the way, email address too, bkelly at 900chml.com. We'll try to get your emails and uh, well, you want to get in the queue right now because we're going to go to your calls in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Mr. Mayor, busy time for you today. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Bill. Always a pleasure. Well, I, and I know you got to scoot out. you got another announcement uh, with the provincial government coming up later on today, and we'll get all the details on that. I assume since it's a Tim Horton field, it's got something to do with uh, Grey Cup Week, and, and uh, we'll wait and get the details on that. Let me, yeah. let me jump right into a couple of uh, rather contentious issues uh, that you and City Council have been dealing with over the last little while. One, of course, uh, was the urban boundary expansion. Council finally came to a vote on that uh, just a few days ago. Uh, not without some controversy and not without some outside opinions. I know you heard from an awful lot of people within the community, Mr. Mayor, uh, mm-hmm. but you also heard from, uh, well, from among others, the Ministry of Municipal Affairs and Housing, uh, Steve Clark, who said that uh, the staff recommendation, meaning the city staff recommendation, uh, says there is not enough infill opportunities within the city to accommodate projected population growth. Here's what the minister had to say. At the end of the day, we're really hoping that both levels of government will take a collaborative tone. Uh, as I said uh, on the official plan, all options are on the table. I'm going to continue to keep an open mind because I, I really need the council to understand at the end of the day, this is all about housing affordability. You've heard comments similar to that, Mr. Mayor, over the last couple of days. Uh, I, I know that you've got some feelings about whether or not they should be interceding, I guess, although mm-hmm. some of the expressions might be just as applicable here. Uh, your thoughts on what the, the, the first of all, the minister has said, the premier has also weighed in on this, as you know, uh, suggesting that maybe the city council didn't get it right. Is, is this a matter of, of jurisdiction here as to who's going to have the final say? Well, thanks, Bill. Uh, you know what? You're, you're right. It's a contentious issue and uh, and certainly a complex one. But uh, there are no easy answers to the, the, the whole issue of uh, how we grow. And uh, the way the, the city had actually made their choice, it wasn't about uh, no growth. It was about where do we grow? Where do we put our focus in the next 20 or 30 years? And uh, I, I would be, I'd be the first one to say that I've always believed that, uh, you know, trying to maintain a firm urban boundary is the kind of development, sustainable development that uh, that all municipalities should be having a hard look at in terms of inspiring, uh, you know, the infilling and the higher densities that uh, are necessary to make sure that cities are sustainable into the future. And it's not only about, you know, housing affordability, it's about climate change. It's about uh, how do we intensify our cities? How do we how do we use our resources best? How do we maximize the opportunity on, on existing infrastructure? So all of those factors come into play. So I'm hopeful that the province will, will uh, you know, adhere to what the city has decided in terms of local context. I think uh, this is worth a, worth a try. And I, I you know, I, I would not disagree that there are some challenges that uh, we have to be mindful of. 
Uh, house pricing is certainly is something that uh, today is uh, more of an issue than it was even two or three years ago when we've seen house pricing go up 30 or 40 percent. That's happening right now, even though we haven't had an urban boundary expansion and we've been working within the existing boundaries. So it's not necessarily driven just by supply. It's also driven by low interest rates. Uh, the uh, the ability for people to get uh, you know high high mortgages at uh, at low rates is certainly adding to the whole idea of how uh, the pricing of housing is going up in our community. So all of those factors are important. Uh, I've, I introduced a, a, a direction that we uh, you know each and every year uh, calculate uh, you know how many housing units we actually build, uh, where they're being built. Uh, what kind of uh, unmet need is there out there, and are we are we meeting our population projections uh, on an ongoing basis? And I think we need to calculate that year in and year out. And if things start to change dramatically, then we adjust. You know, we're not locked into doing an urban boundary uh, every ten years. It has to happen every ten years, but can be done uh, you know sooner. So if but, there's but a need to that point, though, Mr. Mayor, and I'm glad you brought that up, and I, we. I, I think we're all familiar with the motion that you brought up and council was supportive of that as well. Mm-hmm. But but isn't that really what the staff recommendation was all about? It didn't say all the growth was going to happen outside the urban boundary. You've got to expand right now and not build another house. The majority of what they were recommending was going to be infilled. They, they, their, their premise, as you know, was that's not going to be enough over what these projections are suggesting. Uh, is the council decision based on the fact that you don't believe those projections? No, I don't think so. I think uh, I think there is uh, there is some skepticism in terms of the population projections that uh, that the province has actually laid out in terms of what they expect the population growth to be. Uh, I don't know that we've met the population pre- projections previously, and so uh, that's always been a kind of a lead lead advance uh, 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 part of the overall parameters around which we've made previous decisions. And, and as you know, we uh, we still have appeals from the previous two thousand and six. Uh, urban boundary expansion that uh, that are that are still in play. So there's a lot of other avenues that uh, certainly the development community could take in terms of appeals or, or you know appealing to the to the province, I suppose. Uh, but I'm hopeful that the province will will accept and understand that uh, this is this is worth a try. This is worth a try to have a look at how can we contain urban sprawl. How can we not? Uh, add to our climate change uh, woes? How can we maximize the potential of LRT, uh, which uh, all are, are actually designed to, to do the kinds of infilling and higher density development that, uh, that we, I think, as a city need to have. And so, uh, you know, we're not, we're not throwing out the city's, uh, you know, the city staff's, uh, you know, approach to this, but there are different opinions about what we could do in terms of development going forward and how that might happen throughout our city. What the uh, this current council has said is that uh, they're on for, uh, you know, an ambitious, not even not even ambitious, a, an aggressive uh, intensification approach right across the city in every part of our city. Uh, so whether it's in Stony Creek or in Ancaster or Dundas or uh, Waterdown uh, or Old Hamilton, uh, all of those areas are ripe for intensification. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they're, they're but what, saying what that- kind of intensification, though, Mr. Mayor, I, I, you know, as I, I know, you've got a great history in politics and also some real estate in, in your background as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you don't build what people want, they're not going to buy it. I mean, I, I'm sure you saw the story in the Toronto Star the other day uh, that indicated that uh, in Toronto's because every city in Ontario and probably in Canada is facing the same dilemma Hamilton and, and London are right now is that uh, they're starting to build some of these laneway houses and convert some of the and people aren't buying them. And which is not really solving the problem. I mean, 
you know, on a philosophical level, that's a great argument to be made. But if, if people said, no, I want something uh, that's going to give me 50-foot frontage or 40-foot frontage in a backyard and a swing set for my kids, uh, I'm not probably going to find that unless it's a resale in Hamilton, and, and that may or may not happen. If you start to see the, all of a sudden people draining out, or if you start to see that people are not gravitating to the city, I mean, uh, the numbers may not be correct. I, I totally agree. But if you're not going to build the kind of housing that people want, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? That, of course, people aren't going to come here. So so Toronto is a particularly bad example because Toronto and Toronto's density, you know, in any any given existing neighborhood of single family, formerly single family homes are all filled with a lot of uh, rental opportunities in, in all of those buildings. And so the densities in Toronto actually have been maxed out. They don't have room to expand. So their only option is to intensify. And, uh, and that's been going on in Toronto for decades. So you, you see different forms of ownership. You see different kinds of opportunities in, in terms of people providing rental opportunities in the basement or above a garage. Uh, all of those things have happened in Toronto already. And now they're looking at the next generation of laneway housing or secondary units to try and accommodate people. So, uh, you know, Hamilton is kind of in the same boat, but we're, we're at the formative stages of that kind, kind of intensity or intensification that uh, is already happening here. We're, we're seeing, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the Airbnb, uh, you know, issue happening, which I think is particularly problematic here in Hamilton because it takes a lot of rental properties off the market. They're now doing it on a day-by-day -day basis rather than long-term rentals. Uh, but there are opportunities in our city to create uh, uh, rental opportunities in existing buildings that uh, will help with the, the whole rental capacity issue as well as the ownership issue. So for people in terms of affordability right now, many people need to have a secondary rental opportunity to be able to afford the home that they're, uh, they're aspiring to, uh, to own with the backyard and, and the, the driveway and uh, you know, the picket fence around it. And so uh, those are issues that are going to happen here like they have happened in other places where they've long ago dealt with the density issues as a result of a constricted uh, opportunity to grow. So I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think we ought to really test this out. Uh, I, I want to keep an open mind to what happens in year one and year two as part of the urban boundary expansion timeframe. And if we need to adjust to, uh, to accommodate, uh, you know, the kind of housing types that aren't being built or aren't being taken up by uh, citizens in our community or those that are coming into our community, then we have to make adjustments down the road. But I think right now, I think it's worth a, a significant try to try to contain that urban boundary and, and get as much infilling as we can. And that could include single family homes as well as townhouses, as well as high rise, which is all, all that's being built right now. And if you look at Waterdown. Well, we've uh, seen, yeah, we've seen that. And I know, I know there's some high issues rise. with that too, but your point's well taken though. I mean, I, as you mentioned, uh, Toronto is different. It's a, it may not be an apples and oranges comparison, but uh, we, as you mentioned, some of the problems Toronto's facing are starting to happen in Hamilton. And mm -hmm. I think it would be well advised to see what Toronto tried as solutions and whether or not they worked. I, I want to get one call in here before we got to do a break here because uh, uh, Vic's been waiting for a few minutes here to talk about this very uh, topic. Uh, Vic, thank you for joining us on the Mayor's Town Hall. Go ahead for Mayor Eisenberger. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? Good, thank well, you. Uh, the reason I'm calling, Mr. Mayor, I'd like to find out... Uh, who uh, passes these uh, bylaws, building permit bylaws? Is it the city council that makes the bylaws? or uh, We make or the bylaws, but we don't issue the permits. So the permit's done by the building department, and we have Are you a, there? A, lead, uh, a lead building department official. That, Are you uh, there? Yeah, I'm here. 
Hello? Can you hear our... Somehow we can No, can't I hear. never heard I never heard nothing that he had said. But I'll, all right, I'll, I'll tell you what, sure why me... I'm asking that, Mr. Mayor, is because uh, uh, we're selling our house, and we're going to be moving in with our son. His basement is 1,700 square feet. We've been uh, fighting with the bylaw department now for four months. Every time what's, we what's submit the issue, something, Vic? they say no. Okay, the very first submit we did, they said, you've got to have five parking spots because you've got more than 12 livable rooms. So we said, okay, we'll take one bedroom out of the in-law suite. We submitted back, and they turned around, and they said, I'm sorry, uh, we can't pass it because you don't have enough parking spots. And we said, what do you mean don't have enough? They said, because you only got three, not four. Well, they said we needed uh, uh, five to, for this, and then they said we only had four. Then when we submitted back to them, they said we only have three. Now we've got to go in front of a committee that uh, will be viral next week to us, and it's going to cost us $3,300 to try to get this passed. And if it don't pass, then we're out $3,300. All right, I've got to tell you, we, got, we have to do a break in a second. I'm going to ask you... Vic, to, uh, to hang up and listen to the mayor's response to this, and and hopefully we can get some clarity on this. I do thank you for the call. Uh, okay, Mr. Sir. Mayor, i got a, I, about a minute and a half here. I assume he's talking about the Committee of Adjustment, but I'll, I'll let you go on with this. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are issues when it comes to conversions of homes into rental units that have to be adhere, adhered to, and one of them is uh, is parking issues. So he's, uh, he's running into some of the complexities of uh, making those kinds of changes. Uh, because obviously, when you when you open up additional rental opportunities, you also generally bring in new new vehicles into the neighborhood, and that has to be accommodated somewhere. So all of those issues need to be sorted out. Uh, there's a building permit issue that uh, that he, I'm sure, is struggling with, and there is committee of adjustment that allows for those kinds of variances that he's talking about. So I'm hopeful that uh, he can get his variance approved. And uh, that's the process that we evolve in terms of how, how to make these kinds of infill projects happen. All right, Mr. Mayor, thanks so much. Hang on, we'll get back to you and to our callers and emailers in just a couple of seconds here. It's the Mayor's Town Hall. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger with us for the entire hour. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. The Mayor's Town Hall with uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger joining us. Uh, the number's once again 905-645-3221. Star 9900 and uh, toll-free long distance 1-800-263-2428. Uh, appreciate you hanging on the line uh, during the uh, the news break here, and we'll get right back to your phone calls. Frank, thanks for your patience. Uh, go ahead for Mayor Eisenberger, please. Uh, yes, good morning, uh, Mr. Mayor and uh, Bill. You know, I'm going to go back in this, this uh, city. I'm going to go back beyond 50 years ago, and uh, I don't want us to see us repeat this again. Uh, the When the, when the uh, Upper Hamilton of the Mountain, the, the uh, start of that occurred, well, that's going back maybe 65 years, but Sherwood Lanes, I'll give you an example. That was a prestigious area. Many, many astute people lived there along the brow all the way through. And then as the mountain developed, we got more and more high-rise buildings along Mohawk Road. It cluttered up uh, an area that could have been more expansive and uh, lower-level housing. People don't like today, as we are in Hancaster, having big uh, uh, apartment buildings looking down on them. So I'm going to say be careful as to how you develop this city now when you're trying to fill the gaps. Well, let, let me also add, go back so, here. Okay, so you're worried then. about intensification. Okay, go ahead with your question. That's then. right. But going going back to way back then, 
what the people do, most of the people in, in, in uh, Sherwood Lanes and even down through the, the eastern part of Hamilton and also into Westdale moved to Burlington. Burlington exploded back then because people just didn't like being in Hamilton. Now, I'm not saying that everybody in, in, in Ontario went, went, went to Burlington, but I think most of Hamilton had a migration. Now, the high interest rates of the 80s where the downtown became depleted. Hamilton did not want to take out the benches and go forward and step ahead. We sat back. Well, now Mississauga grew, even Brantford grew, St. Catharines grew. So let's not just belittle this thing. I think, and, and Mr. Mr. Mayor, even though we, and Castorites for one, we want to, to prevent sprawl. But what are you going to tell these investors who bought the lands out through Al Frida many years ago, on the prospect, and they probably knew it when they got the the, the, the the deeds for it, that they were going to be allowed to build expansive housing. I don't think there's any way you're going to be able to turn that back. There's no one you, you can you can fill the gaps in Hamilton, but then what are you going to get from doing that? People are, people who live in in right. uh, well condominiums okay. for one. All right, Frank, uh, I, I think we get yeah. I think we get the gist of what you're saying here. You've got some concerns about the council decision. Uh, I'm going to let you hang up and let the mayor answer uh, the question once again about. Uh, their decision. And I, you bring up some very valid points here. Uh, there has been some short-sighted decisions made by councils in the past uh, that prohibited growth and I think stunted growth. And you're right, uh, some of our neighboring municipalities benefited greatly from that. Uh, I like to think we're smarter now. And I know a lot of people such as yourself uh, still have some concerns about the long-term implications. So thank you for the call. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I'll let you answer now. Thanks. So, so Frank is not wrong in the sense that, uh, you know, Hamilton and area has grown as a result of uh, expansion and uh, as a result of expansion into, you know, kind of rural areas. All of this area was rural once upon a time. And of course, as more people come, uh, more accommodation needs to be, uh, needs to be figured out. And so the, the question is not, you know, whether one, one is right or wrong. The question becomes uh, which one is going to serve us best going into the future and, and what kind of issues are we dealing with today that we weren't dealing with 30 or 40 or 50 years ago. And 50 years ago, no one was thinking about climate change. No one was thinking about the impact of the automobile in communities. No one was thinking about air pollution issues or water contamination issues. Those are all issues that we are facing today that we should be dealing with. So the question becomes, how do you build in all of those factors, as well as the issue around intensification and the issue around providing affordable rental opportunities? And, you know, we're, we can talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the half of the population, or maybe I think it might be 42%, living in rental accommodations throughout our city. So not everybody has the uh, has had the opportunity or the desire, quite frankly, to have that single family home uh, with a white picket fence in the ground and then in the backyard uh, or doesn't have the economic ability to do so. And so how do you accommodate all of those housing types in in the existing urban boundary or, you know, if you have to down the road uh, through expansion? So those are all issues. Frank's not wrong. Uh, those are all issues to be mindful of. Those are all issues to be considered. Uh, the migration from Hamilton to Burlington had more to do with uh, the availability of land back then in Burlington, where they were building the kind of housing side splits, if you recall, I think back in the uh, 70s, side split or the back split was the uh, the order of the day. And, and people were attracted to a, a, a community that uh, was basically being developed that uh, that really was started off as a little microcosm of Burlington and has now you know grown into 
they're actually having overdeveloped in, in Burlington to the point where they have no, no room left to expand. And so you know, we, we, we all face these challenges and, and that trying to create that balancing act or trying to come up with the perfect solution probably isn't going to happen. But well, we, we do I have think to we get that. I, current yeah, I, I don't want to. I, I get Mr. Mayor. I, I don't want to listen. I don't want to go through the whole debate again. I mean, it took city council long enough to go through this, and uh, <laughs> we're just really kind of repeating talking points again. So yep. uh, the the point is, is I think he's got some legitimate concerns about how this is going to play out and in the yep. future. And and I know some of the people in Burlington Council might suggest that one of that was smart planning, and uh, one of the other reasons for the migration of that city into Brantford over the number of years. Uh, was that they offered employment opportunities that the city wasn't because that council of those days too that predates your time on council uh, mm -hmm. certainly uh, we're not very kind to, to businesses and they simply said we're going someplace else and that had to do with taxes and a whole bunch of other things and I, there's no sense in dredging that up well they were factors then and they may be factors in the future so uh, i'll let that go for now uh, anybody else who's got some comments they can certainly email you at city hall and talk about this uh, and as you say the province still may yet uh, weigh in on this urban boundary issue. The the Premier and, and the Municipal Affairs Minister have hinted that they may have more to say on that. So we'll, let's respond to that as it happens. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got a bunch of other things I do want to ask you about and get some phone calls and emails about, uh, about some of the key issues that have gone on here. Uh, and one of them, as you well know, Mr. Mayor, because we had another incident this past weekend, it has to do with encampments. Mm -hmm. Now, and, and there were confrontations, there were arrests made. Uh, there was a fire at Beamer Park, for those who don't know the downtown area, is, is right in the central part of the city. Uh, and uh, that's one of the areas where there are encampments set up. There was a fire. Uh, authorities were called. Uh, there was a confrontation between police and, and, and some of the residents and some other people who showed up to protest what was going on. It, that spilled over to Hamilton uh, uh, Police Central Station. You know all those details. I get the fact that there's an investigation going on and you can't speak specifically to some of the alleged incidents that occurred there. But we can talk about the city's policy here. And there were some concerns when the city council decided how they were going to handle these encampments that it might lead to confrontation. Well, it's happened. Uh, what's the city going to do about this? And what are the city's comments about how to move forward on this crisis and, and what we're going to do about this? I mean, clearly, uh, we can't have these encampments forever. We can't have these confrontations at all. And uh, we don't know what the ramifications of the investigation are going to be. Uh, but the situation's not changing. As a matter of fact, it seems to be getting worse. So, so interestingly, Bill, the confrontation isn't with the residents uh, that are residing in these encampments. In fact, uh, you know, they were grateful that the police stepped in and pulled them out of burning tents and uh, pulled them out of tents that were, you know, about to become uh, inflamed. And, uh, you know, police did a great job and, and you know, fire, fire was there, uh, paramedics were there, uh, MLE, municipal law enforcement were all there. Uh, and they have been doing that kind of work on a day-to-day -day basis to try and help the individuals that are in encampments. Those are not the folks that uh, are giving uh, the, the, that are challenging the police and and trying to obstruct uh, the police and our municipal law enforcement from doing the work that they do on a on a daily basis to try and help these folks get into stable, uh, safe, and secure environments. Encampments are not safe and secure environments. And if you if you don't believe that, then you just go look at that site. Uh, the way it was burned out as a result of some indoor cooking with propane tanks around and all kinds of drug paraphernalia. So who are these people then, Mr. The Mayor? If, if they're not issues, residents. Pardon me? They're not residents. Who are these people that are protesting and, and uh, that are engaged in these confrontations? And, and, and individuals that have a social you know, activist agenda. 
they are they are not the people that are residing in the encampments. Those those folks uh, certainly at the J.C. Beamer Park were very appreciative of the the care and attention that they were getting from police and fire and paramedics to get them housed. And six of those individuals out of the nine were housed in in accommodations almost immediately. And three of them decided on their own that they were going to find some other alternative uh, location for them to reside. And so we've had a day-to-day -day, uh, effort uh, from all of the partners, police, fire, uh, paramedics, uh, municipal law enforcement, and our social navigator program almost on a daily basis are, are working with these individuals to get them into a safe and secure, stable housing somewhere. So whether it's a shelter or whether it's a, an apartment, uh, they, they, there are places for them to go. And uh, the most difficult ones, and uh, you know, we should really all agree on this, are the folks that have multiple issues like mental health and drug addiction and other issues that uh, actually excludes them from being uh, housed in shelters because they are too disruptive. Those are particularly challenging and we continue to work with those folks as well. Some we can accommodate, others are very difficult to accommodate. And so we continue to work with our province, uh, provincial uh, healthcare and provincial funding to try and get the wraparound supports that these folks require. They, they require when they're housed, not just a place, uh, not, a, not just a roof over their head, they need uh, addiction counseling, they need uh, mental health counseling, they need uh, 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 health supports in terms of some who's, of the health Mr. Mayor, that's, that's a All very legitimate that. point. Who, Mr. Mayor, who's responsible for supplying that, uh, those support services? And I agree, I bet is one thing. Uh, but there need to be some supportive services. And you've heard some of the pushback from, well, some of the people that are, are concerned with the city's policy here to say that, look, these are temporary. That's not good enough. And, and I, I've got a little bit of concern with that argument, by the way. Uh, a roof over your head is better than nothing when it's, you know, minus 10 outside. You want long-term solutions, certainly, but you accept something short-term, I think, in the interim. Uh, but I, I, I guess the concern and the frustration a lot of people are feeling right now is where are the long-term solutions? I mean, is I, are we going to start using public buildings here for, for housing these people over the winter months? Uh, what's the plan at this stage? Instead of simply saying, okay, we had a confrontation, we got to stick these six people someplace for the next little while. Where's the long-term plan here? And, and why isn't it developing as quickly as some people would like to see? And, and I, I, I'll just before you answer, I, I, fully understand this is not a uniquely Hamilton problem. It's happening in just about every city in Ontario, if not right across the country right now. So, uh, But the only thing that people in this area are concerned about is what's happening here in Hamilton. So how does council address this? Understood. And uh, you know what, the, the, that social activism, uh, you know, is, is, is up for unfortunately obstructing the very important work that uh, our municipal law enforcement and others are trying to do to get folks accommodated. So Right now, Bill, we spend about 100, and I think this year it was about $150 million on housing and homelessness in our community. That's that's you know from federal, provincial, and municipal source, sources of funds. Uh, municipality takes up the lion's share of that. We, we put in about $70 million to provide housing supports and, and shelters. Uh, all of those things are an ongoing uh, you know financial contribution each and every year. So on average, it's about $120 million that we spend on housing and homelessness to provide safe and secure shelter for individuals in our community. Uh, can, are we able to house everyone? Our staff say, yes, we could. Uh, are, is everyone willing to come into that housing? That, no, they're not. And we cannot arrest people and, and pick them up and say, you now must live in this home. Uh, we, uh, we, we afford them the opportunity to, uh, to make their choices in terms of where they live or where they choose to live. And, and on many occasions, they choose to live with someone else or they, 
choose to live in a in a kind of a congregate setting or a shelter or whatever it is. Uh, the reality is that uh, the long-term solutions are being worked on each and every day. Uh, do we ever solve this problem? I'm not sure that we do. Uh, the question becomes, uh, do, we, do we want everyone in our community to have a safe and secure home or a, a roof over their head? We absolutely do. Is that going to be provided in a tent in a park? No, they are not safe and secure locations for people to reside. And we, you know, that, that certainly has been demonstrated over and over again, and most recently at the uh, J.C. Beamer Park. And so we're, we're, we're sorting through all those issues on an ongoing basis. What we need is, uh, is partnerships with individuals in our community that are prepared to help move this along rather than obstruct the work that we're trying to achieve and do. And so, uh, you know, we're not going to have uh, encampments in our city parks. Uh, council has made that determination. I think every city in the province of Ontario has decided that this is not something that's sustainable in any of our communities. I don't think it's desirable in any of our communities. And I don't think it's a safe and secure place for people to live. So then the question becomes, where do they go? We have expanded shelter space. We are continuing to expand shelter space and housing space. We're, again, putting in hundreds of millions of dollars to provide uh, housing and affordable housing opportunities. We have some 7,000 units that we manage uh, through City Hamilton Housing. Uh, and another 7,000 units in the not-for-profit sector for affordable or, or geared-to-income housing. So we're doing a lot. And the question becomes for the, I think it's somewhere in the area of about 60 folks that are living rough in our community. Uh, they are the particular challenge, and, uh, and we continue to work on that challenge each and every day. But you've heard from in some of the council meetings, because uh, it's been reported, uh, that some staff are saying, no, we don't have the accommodation to, to be able to, to look after these people on a short-term basis, uh, that there is a, a shortage here. So you know, and when mixed messaging comes out like this, it, it, just, it just muddies the waters. And, and I think it raises the question about what is the long-term plan here? Uh, and you know, to your point about city partnerships, Mr. Mayor, You've established many of those, and there's some wonderful people in this community that are doing great things on a daily basis in partnership with the city or sometimes even on their own, but it's not getting the, the, the job done. It's not, it's not addressing the immediate needs that are going on here, uh, and when emotions spill over like they have here and we have confrontation, all of a sudden that becomes the issue instead of the long-term goal here. I mean, you know, we need to do something to turn down the, 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 the heat that's, that's being created here, and uh, I... I, 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 like I said in my earlier comment, it, it seems to be getting worse, not better here. This is going to come right back on council's lap and saying, okay, what are you guys going to do about this? This is, this is not a policing issue right now. This is a long-term issue. The police did not have anything to do with the shortage of housing here and accommodation. This is, this is a much greater problem. And, why it's, and that's why it's interesting why, why you know, the police are being attacked. So if, if there's peaceful demonstrations happening, when they're not obstructing the, uh, the opportunity for us to help those folks that are in encampments and uh, provide uh, safe and secure locations for them to go. If, if they're not obstructing uh, the, uh, the, the, the uh, J.C. Beamer Park and uh, obstructing the fire department and others to go in there and, uh, and, and help uh, make that a safe and secure environment so that people don't get burned or, or, or people don't die. And, and thankfully, uh, because the police were there to pull people out of there, people didn't die, but could very well have. Uh, so we need we need partners. We don't need obstructors. And what we need is uh, is we need also the public health system to uh, step up in a bigger way. 
We need the province of Ontario to step up in a bigger way in terms of uh, providing additional funding so that we can do the wraparound supports to try and accommodate everybody. And even if we do all of that, though, Bill, uh, and, you know, a lot of that's been happening for decades, uh, there have have been and continue to be people that are deciding to live rough in our community. And you know what? At the end of the day, I don't want that. I want everybody to have a safe and secure place. But I can tell you with uh, with certainty that uh, that safe and secure place is not a tent uh, with uh, propane tanks and, and drug paraphernalia and all kinds of, uh, you know, riffraff lying around that can potentially harm those individuals and others in our community. And so we're going to continue to have this issue. What we need is partners to continue to have this issue. I can tell you that from the mental health perspective, uh, the, the, the significant change happened when the province of Ontario, through the mental health uh, facilities, decided to not house mental health challenged individuals in their institutions anymore and put them out in the street, put them out into, uh, into the community at large. And that certainly began a significant kind of encampment issue or, or challenges for folks that are living on the streets that, in my view, should, should be in a public health facility somewhere getting care. And uh, that change happened about 20 years ago. I think you were around then, and I think we all complained about the fact that the province was uh, making this change to not keep people in these institutions any longer and put them out on the street. And uh, and now we see them out on the street, and now we're facing those challenges as a local municipality. And what we what we need is our federal, provincial, and municipal partners to come together and uh, and figure out what what the overall need is and how we're going to be able to provide that. I can tell you, just to finish off on this point, that uh, the Prime Minister, you know, assured me that their their primary focus going forward is going to be housing, housing and housing. And I'm hoping that the province of Ontario steps up in a bigger way, because in, in many respects, this is a public health issue. And, and from a public health perspective, that is a provincial responsibility. And uh, right now we are taking on that responsibility and unfortunately uh, putting the police at the front lines of this, when uh, it, it really isn't their responsibility, it is our collective well, we, responsibility. Yeah, we could, we'll have to leave it at that point for right, right now. And by the way, I, I can I'll give you a little heads up here. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ontario Auditor General's report in just a couple of minutes because it came out this morning, uh, and housing and public housing is addressed in that. So I, we wait on the details. Uh, mm-hmm. And your point's well taken. I mean, this this goes back to this is one of the great gems of the common sense revolution of the mid 1990s. Uh, we're not doing this anymore. We're downloading the responsibility uh, to look after the mentally uh, challenged uh, to the cities, and you see mm-hmm. the mess that's created. But it goes back to my point at the beginning of the hour here. Uh, short-term political decisions can actually have some long-term negative ramifications, and that happens at all levels of government, sadly. Mr. Mayor, we got to break it off. Uh, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, lots more to come on this. I guess if uh, the other people have other questions, they can reach you at the City Hall. What's the phone number there? Uh, phone number is 905-546-4200. Anytime. Thank you. Hamilton Mayor okay. Fred Eisenberger. Thanks again, Mr. Mayor. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.